Let us pray. This is our story. This is our song. Praising you, our Savior, all the day long. May we praise you with the words of our mouths and the meditations of all our hearts. Amen. You may be seated. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. From Exodus to Revelation, the people of God and all creation are singing a new song to the Lord. These songs are songs of praise for God who is, for who God is and for what God has done on behalf of individuals and the community alike. Psalm 98 joins the chorus of psalms that implore the praise of God with a new song. Psalm 40 says, The Lord put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Psalm 96 proclaims, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Psalm 149 commands, Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of the faithful. Like these and others, Psalm 98 rings out, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. God's deliverance and salvation for God's people have been so good, so marvelous, so wonderful that they demand a new song. When God has acted according to God's steadfast love and faithfulness, the fitting response according to the psalmist is a new song of joyous praise. Because God has not merely acted in the past, but acts in the present and will act in the future. Because God is always at work doing new things. The command is for a new song. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. In Exodus, Moses, Miriam, and all of God's people sang a new song. You remember the story. God's people had been enslaved in Egypt for years, and Pharaoh's rule had become increasingly oppressive. The people cried out to God for deliverance from the land of slavery and bondage, and God answered them. With mighty acts, God led the people out of Egypt toward the promised land. As the story goes, Pharaoh let the people leave Egypt, but promptly changed his mind and sent his army to recapture them. You remember how God's people came upon the sea and were stuck there. Their doom was imminent. Slavery was coming for them again. But God made a way through the sea. And all that held them in bondage was drowned behind them. The people came through the waters of salvation and deliverance. So they joined in a new song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, they say, for he has triumphed gloriously. God was the victor. God overcame. God delivered. When people experience God's wondrous works that enables them to overcome bondage and slavery. 
when by God's grace, people are victorious over trial and challenge, when in God's love, God delivers people from the chains of death and sin, a new song of praise bursts forth. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. The psalmist's calling to sing a new song in response to individual and communal rescue, deliverance, and salvation is a calling for each of us. By God's grace in Jesus, we've been invited into a life marked by freedom from the ways of sin and death. Christ's victory on Resurrection Sunday opened for us a way out of bondage to harm and hate, out of the imprisonment of unforgiveness, and out of the chains of fear and death. Like Miriam and Moses, we have reason to sing and dance, to get the tambourine and the trumpets, to make a joyful noise in praise of the one who's triumphed gloriously and made our lives new. Even if you can't sing like Philip or the members of our choir, the calling is to sing. And just as Dean Powery said last week about sermons spoken with our lives and not just our lips, the song we sing in response to God's redemption is a song, is a song most importantly sung with our lives. Believe the song of people's lives. Whether you've known Christ's redemption for years or months or days, this praise song should bellow through your bones in repetitious response to God's great love in Jesus. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. No doubt there are some listening today who find it hard to sing a song of praise to God. Some have known the fear dread and hardship of your life for so long that songs of fear, dread, and hardship are much easier to come to the tongue. I think of God's people who not long after leaving Egypt began looking back longingly on their former situation. The freedom song they sang with Miriam and Moses was replaced by complaints about the struggle of journeying into the future promises of God. Those old ways those old habits of bondage, those old responses to trial and challenge so easily creep in and overtake our songs of praise. Perhaps you see it in your responses in relationships at school or work or in your family. You find that you repeatedly return to patterns of behavior rooted in the harms of your past rather than in the healing of Jesus. And consequently, the song of your life sounds dissonant and discordant rather than joy-filled and full of thanks to God. Maybe your return to bondage looks like a relapse into the addictions that have not only harmed you but have harmed all those that you love the most. If you find yourself in that place today, take heart in the calling of Psalm 98. Hear this psalm not simply as a command about the song you're called to be singing, but hear it even more so 
as a reminder of the God about whom you sing. The psalm reminds us that God has done marvelous things. Because of God's steadfast love and faithfulness, God's deliverance and salvation are available to you. If it were not possible by God's grace to sing a new song, we wouldn't be commanded to do so. If you find yourself broken and weary, tired and longing for or even returning to your old ways of bondage, take a moment and breathe in the grace-filled, loving breath of the Spirit and breathe out a new song to the Lord. There's another calling related to this psalm to which we must attend this morning. The psalm doesn't simply call for God's people to sing a song. It calls for them to sing a new song. God is constantly at work bringing about deliverance from that which binds us. And God is ceaselessly overcoming our limited vision of the expansiveness of God's all-inclusive love. So God is persistently doing new things among us and in us, which then requires of us new songs of praise and response. In the scripture lesson from Acts today, we get a picture of what learning to sing a new song looked like for the early Christians. We hear Peter and Cornelius learning to sing this new song. As with so many of the stories in the book of Acts, this story shows Jesus' followers adjusting to the new reality opened through the world-altering life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. As the expansiveness of God's love became clearer through the life and work of Jesus, old songs would no longer do. God in Christ showed that God is constantly doing new things, disrupting the bondage of hearts and minds to old ways of imagining, being, and doing. Therefore, God's people had to learn to sing a new song. Cornelius was a God-fearing, Gentile, Roman army commander. He was devout in prayer and persistent in his giving. One day, as he prayed, an angel of the Lord appeared to tell him that God had looked favorably upon him and that he should send for Peter. While Cornelius's men were traveling to get Peter, Peter had an encounter with God that helped him re-envision God's expansive and all-inclusive embrace. Through a vision, God showed Peter that the old boundaries between insiders and outsiders in God's family had been removed. God had done a new thing. So Peter responded with a new song. Peter could have resisted. He could have refused to recognize God in the new, but he didn't. He let his actions sing his song for him. Peter went to Cornelius and proclaimed the message of God's deliverance in Jesus to him and to the many Gentiles of his house. And while he was preaching, the spirit 
of God fell on the people in a mighty way. Some were astounded that God would give the gift of the Holy Spirit to Gentiles. Their old imaginations were too limited for the marvelous works of God. Yet seeing this new thing, Peter knew God was inviting these former outsiders into the salvation that was found in Jesus. And so he says, can anyone withhold the water of baptism from these? Definitely not. So Peter sang a new song. As circumstances change and as our hearts and our minds open more fully to the mysteries of God's love in Jesus, God reveals more and more. And new melodies of God's musical masterpiece become the very songs that we are able to sing. This process lasts our whole lives long and will last until God's kingdom has come in full and as the psalmist says, until the time God will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. We are called to sing a new song in response to God doing new things within the changing contexts of our lives. We are called to sing new songs as we grow deeper in our understanding of who God is and in our understanding of who we are in Christ. The song of faith is never finished. And this song is inherently creative and adaptive. It is a new song with each new day. Over the course of the last 14 months, I've often found myself saying things like, I can't wait until things return to normal. I can't wait for things to go back to the way that they had been. Yet this desire to move backward, to return to the ways of the past, potentially misses how dramatically circumstances have changed. None of us have been entirely immune to the impact of the pandemics we've been experiencing. Since we last sang together in person, some have died. Some have moved away. Some have joined our community of faith anew. Since we last sang, some have lost jobs or quit them, and some have started new ones. Since we last sang, some have lost relationships or quit them, and some have started new ones. Since we last sang, some have lost their faith, and some have come to find faith anew. Since we last sang, racism has roared and economic disparities have deepened. It's just in these limited ways the circumstances of our lives and our community have surely changed. So singing a song as if it were March 2020 or 2015 or 2000 or whenever would just not be faithful. So what's the new song we're being called to sing together at Duke, in Durham, and in the world. 
Perhaps it's not clear to you yet. Or maybe it's been rising in us for a long time. Regardless, new songs are waiting to be sung. I wonder when the last time was that you felt the prompting to sing a new song with your life. For some, the pandemics we've faced have have helped um, position the priorities of life in sharp relief and pressed us to sing new songs. Perhaps something else has inspired a new calling, a new volunteer opportunity, a new commitment to service as ways of singing a new song with your life. I've been hearing these new songs. Some of you have left jobs to pursue new callings. Some of you have committed to learning more deeply about systemic racism and the ways that you participate in it. Some of you have changed majors or altered the very plans that made you originally select your place of study. Some of you have given yourself to making sure others know that they are not alone in a time of great isolation. In each of these circumstances and in so many more, you are singing new songs. I wonder how many of us have experienced God's love anew or witnessed the Spirit's presence in unlikely places among unexpected people or at unanticipated times over the last year. And I wonder what new songs are welling up in you, in us, because of those very experiences. I wonder what the songs of our lives will sound like with these new ways to praise God in our daily endeavors. God's giving us the tune. It's time for a new song. One, two, three, four.